Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. I want to welcome you online to our service. Let me invite you to stand as we sing and begin worshiping God this morning. Let's join together. Hallelujah. 
Church, let's give the Lord a great big hand clap again. Amen. On this day after the day we celebrate his birthday. Aren't you glad to be here today? Amen. Nothing like being in the house of God, in the manifest presence of our Lord. For he has promised where two or more gather in his name that he's here with us. And where he is, he brings his comfort. He told the disciples, when I leave, I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And when we have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, we automatically have joy. And we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And full of glory. That comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. Let me read to you about the joy of the Lord. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. How many of you have been through some trials this year? Pastor Jonathan said one or two. I know what you mean, my brother. Thank God for Jesus. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. That's us. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, The New International Version says, an inexpressible and glorious joy is ours when we magnify the Lord. When we magnify him like we're doing right now, when we magnify him in prayer, when we magnify him in praise and Bible study, the Lord inhabits that. And we are elevated to a whole new realm of glory in Jesus Christ. Let us pray, brothers and sisters. Let's bow our heads, empty our hearts and minds of all thoughts except Jesus and our wonderful Father and the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, our dear Abba, Father, we love you. We've come here today to rejoice in you, to give you honor, to give you glory. For you alone are worthy of our homage. Lord, we ask today that you will just continue to watch over us. Keep on as you've done all year, Lord, all year long, Lord. Keep us safe from danger seen and unseen alike. Lord, we know that you've got it. Whatever it is in our life, God's got it. And that is so reassuring to us. Because we can't handle this on our own, Father. We need you. We are a needy people. As King Jehoshaphat said, we cannot fight in this battle. But our eyes are upon you. Dear God, we trust you, just like Jehoshaphat and the Jewish people did. And as your word came back to them, let it come back to us today, where you said, you will not have to fight in these battles, for the battles are not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Thank you for that promise, dear God. We give it to you. Lord, please forgive our sins all throughout this year. Sins of omission, commission, the things that we didn't do are perhaps the greatest. Help us to be more attentive to the needs of those people who we encounter. We might even entertain angels unaware. That man on the corner begging for just a handout. That could be an angel. You see, when we've done it to the least of these, our brethren, we've done unto you. 
Help us to be aware, cognizant of that. To never pass up a chance to be a blessing. You bless us, dear God, to be blessings to others. Lord, we ask that you bless our service today. We ask that you bless, really, all Christendom as they celebrate you today, O oh God. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will strengthen us and encourage us to go into this new year coming up after next week. We pray to God that when Pastor Jonathan brings us the word uh, on watch night, that it will inspire us and fill us, dear God, with encouragement to go into this new year. We know that you put a precious word in his heart. Bless all the goings on of our church, both campuses. Watch over us, dear God. And Lord, order our steps according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure. This we humbly ask. Oh, yes, and one more thing, dear God. Please bless those who are recently bereaved, those who have lost loved ones. You know who they are, dear God. And it could be one year, two years, five years, ten years. The pain is still there. Lord, ease that pain that oftentimes comes at this time of year. Thank you for being our comforter and our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. And would you say amen, please? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Rebecca, are you coming up? I have, a, I, I, I have a friend. We have some amazing children in our church. One of them came to me this morning and asked, Are we going to, is baby Jesus in the manger yet? And if you look over here in the corner, sorry, I didn't mean to smack you. If you look over here in the corner, we have a manger scene. Uh, but it's been there all Advent season, but there's been no Jesus, baby Jesus in it. So we found a baby Jesus. Baby Jesus has showed up. I want to invite the children, if you want to come forward, to help me take baby Jesus over to the manger. Would you like to help me, children? Come on up if you want to help me. We'll just walk baby Jesus. Come on. Come on. We're just going to walk with baby Jesus over there. Here it comes. Come on up. Come on up. Hurry. Hurry. Let's go. You're being too sheepish. <laughs> Come on up here. There we go. Right? See baby Jesus? <laughs> Kelly and Shandy Beth. Y'all look good. How's the cookie? Good. You bring a cookie. Make sure you get a cookie on the way home because we've got lots left over. Good morning. This is, this is Aaron, right? Hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Can we switch? Can we switch? Can I hold you? There we go. There you go. We got we got Preston and Jack and Jack and Josh. Very good. All right. So we'll carry who would like to carry baby Jesus? I'll carry Aaron. Where's Catherine? Where's your sister? Oh don't tell Catherine's head. Thank you, Rebecca. We're just all gonna walk over here. Follow us, camera. Let's walk over here. We'll put baby Jesus in. Thank you, God, for giving us baby Jesus. The other day we had the children from the school in here gather around and then we'll say a little prayer. Baby Jesus, okay? There goes baby Jesus. Aaron, you want to sit in here with baby Jesus? How's that? Don't squish him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for baby Jesus. Thank you for loving us, God, and giving to us your son. 
(laughs) Bless all of our children today. Help them to grow up and learn who you are and come to follow you uh, with courage and faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Okay. Let's go back and go back to your seats. Now, thanks for your help. Want to go to mom? There you go. (laughs) All right, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) And good morning to those online. I hope you had a lovely Christmas yesterday. And if you're like me, I'm kind of tired this morning. <laughs> but again, thank you for um, coming to service the day after Christmas and joining us. All those in person and all of those online. So again, welcome. If you are new here, before you leave, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff and be given the chance to talk to someone or anyone in this congregation and also, there's a bunch of brochures in there. It's a legit welcome center, like, if you're traveling. And then for those of you online, you can click either the New Here button at the top or what just popped up in the chat right now. And now, Connect Cards. So whether you're at your seat or at your table, you will see the Connect Cards, where we would love for you to write your name down so we know that you're here today. And also, you can write a prayer request because we're always praying for you. And, of course, those of you online, you can either click the Connect here um, button at the top or what just popped up in the chat. I do want to thank all of you for, for being with us through the holiday season and coming uh, coming here or being with us online. It's a wonderful time. And I do encourage you to uh, come out to the, uh, as you've heard already, the watch night service. Uh, Jonathan Whitney, who is sitting right down here. Wave, Jonathan. He may not be known to a lot of people here. Uh, pastor Jonathan is a retired uh, United Methodist pastor, and he and his wife Pat have been worshiping with us so uh, for, for a few months here and there, and we're glad to have them, and he's going to bring a message at the watch night service, and Pastor Vaughn and others will be there to give leadership also. And uh, it's a good opportunity uh, at the end of the year, as we, John Wesley always uh, made part of his normal uh, ritual during this time of the year to say to all of the Methodists, people who called themselves Methodists, that this is a time for us to renew our covenant with God. And uh, that is certainly part of what we do at the watch night service. And uh, glad to offer that to you all. Um, we announced this past weekend uh, uh, that, we're, that we're organizing a trip to England. Uh, and again, looking at some of the historic places that are of United Methodism. But we'll also see some of the, uh, the other typical things that you might want to be interested in. Buckingham Palace and, and Tower of London and Stonehenge and some of those other historic places around England. So that, that is a trip that we're taking in September. And if you're interested in that, uh, there's information out in the uh, Welcome Center uh, to, for that trip. And uh, hope that you would like to join us and uh, get a good group of us to go. Sounds like a lot of fun. On your table are some offering envelopes, or on your chairs, an offering envelope where you can give an offering this morning to, as an expression of your gratitude for what God is. We have some principles that we follow, and here we're on principle number two. So let's read this aloud together, if you would join me, please. We give sacrificially and not simply from a surplus. And then this scripture verse goes along with that. Read this with me, if you please. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need, 
These are the sacrifices that please God. And uh, we emphasize generosity here. We emphasize um, giving of our time and our skills and anything that we do. And we don't know when God's going to inspire us at work or at home or at the store or uh, driving down the road. Uh, on Christmas Eve, I told the story about me interrupting, walking into a family uh, unexpectedly. I showed up at the wrong house with a bunch of food. And if you weren't here on Christmas Eve, I guess I'll have to tell you the story another time. But uh, it was a funny story. But I ended up stopping at a grocery store, picking up a cake uh, to take back to that family that I interrupted as an apology, but also as just a, a sign to say, hey, you know what? We love you. God loves you. I suspect the family was already a church-attending family, but that doesn't really matter. When the Lord inspires us to do something generously, we are to do it, whatever it is. Whether it's a big thing or a little thing, we just got to trust God and say we're going to do this and live obediently to Him. So let's continue to worship. Um, I was going to say we'll, we'll call the team back, but I am part of the team this morning. And, uh, but let's stand together as we continue worshiping God with these next songs, and I'll offer this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your gifts that you give to us and that we can give back to you generously. We thank you for this day after Christmas. In England, it's called Boxing Day. And again, they're sharing with others what you have provided to them. And uh, we do that often here also, God. And we thank you for the opportunity that we have to live a life in obedience to you, free and fully and joyfully through our faith in Jesus Christ. Now come, Holy Spirit, and continue to be with us, fill us as we sing, as we praise you, as we pray, and as we hear your word. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Jesus, for giving Yourself to us. And we come this morning just to give ourselves to You. As we've, as we, we've said it in the verse about generosity, that what You desire from us is simply for us to give our lives to You. That is the sacrifice that You find pleasing to You. So we come this morning and we give our songs, we give our hearts, we give our thoughts to You. We worship You. The little infant that we place in the manger is the Lord of all people. We thank You, Jesus, for that. Now, Lord, as we come to hear Your uh, your Word and, and let it be opened up to us, open up our hearts, send Your Holy Spirit to us that I may not only proclaim the good news that you have for us rightfully, but that we all may hear it, whether we're here in this room or we're at home or in our car still or wherever we are, God, that you would speak to us. Because we need you in this world. That's why we're here this morning. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let my roll off. <laughs> so we're still continuing the series called Christmas with Friends. You know the song Twelve Days of Christmas, right? I'm not going to sing it because it's not one of my favorites. But there are 12 days to Christmas. And there are Christians around the world who, who celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. When I was little, I always wondered, why don't we celebrate 12 days of Christmas? Wouldn't it be fun to wake up every morning of the 12 days of Christmas and open a new present? Right? Oh, I forgot to dismiss the children. Kids, usually you would go during the bumper, but we didn't do that. All right, there we go. They know what to do. If your children want to go with Miss April, you are certainly welcome to do so. And uh, thank you. So, hey, kids, before you go, I want you to answer this question. Wouldn't it be fun for 12 days to wake up in the morning and get a new present every day? No! That child has been brainwashed. <laughs> anyway, okay, go have fun, kids. Us grown-ups are going to think about that a little bit more. And just be grateful that it's not that way. But there are some people, you know, there, there are Christian denominations that don't celebrate until the 12th day of Christmas, which is January 6th. And... The Russian Orthodox Church, for example. And I remember my dad, we would drive around when I was little and to see the Christmas lights. And my dad, he, he, he was always saying funny things. And he'd see a house. I, don't, I couldn't tell. He always confused me. I couldn't tell if he'd see a house that had lights on it or that left their lights up too long. Or maybe they didn't have lights up yet. But anyway, he'd say, that house must be Russian. And I know that he was trying to make some kind of a pun 
about, and, and I never figured it out. And now I can't ask him. I'd have to wait till I get to heaven. I said, Dad, I never, I never got that pun that you were trying to make. Did you say they were rushing Christmas or they were Russian and they were waiting till January 6th to celebrate Christmas? I don't know, Dad. It's just he tried to be funny just like I am now. And it didn't work. There we go. I got the laugh. So anyway, we're continuing our series uh, through the 12 days of Christmas. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a good thing to do. And we don't take our Christmas. Carolyn would leave, leave the Christmas tree up a long, long time. Um, but it's usually down by the, by the 12th day of Christmas or something like that. But it's good to, to prolong the, the festival of Christmas that we have. So Christmas with friends. We're still in that. And today we're looking at uh, this moment after Jesus has been revealed to us. And we, we look at the book of Titus, and there's a powerful uh, scripture that proclaims for us what Christ is and who He is for us. And it's the, the little book of Titus in the New Testament. We're looking at Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 4. So let's read those. Titus chapter 2, starting with verse 11. And it says, for the grace of God has been revealed. Now, this word revealed, notice a couple of things. We're going to do a little grammar lesson. It's past tense. That's important that it is past tense because the book of Titus was written as a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a man named Titus. I don't know how many years after Jesus was born, and I don't know how many years Titus was written after Jesus was crucified and rose and ascended into heaven. But it's important that it is a past event. But there's a, there's a particular verb in the Greek language that we don't necessarily have in the English language that's called the aorist tense, and it describes an action that occurred in the past, but it's the kind of action that has continuing effect into the future indefinitely. And it's kind of like me saying, I got married. (laughs) I got married once. But in that past action of Carolyn and I exchanging our vows to one another, it has an, an eternal effect. The Bible says the two shall become one. And there's, there, there, there are these experiences that we still have today. There are experiences that have in a past, uh, an event that happens in the past, but it, it has an eternal effect. Birth of a child. The conception of a child, as we understand in our world today. It is, uh, I was conceived. But you can't say that that conception started back then and ended back then. No, it was just the conception. It was just the beginning. It started. And life continues. And life with God is eternal. And I think that's a beautiful concept. So, so the, I think it's, it's kind of neat that in the Greek they have a special type of verb that they use that indicates this past action, but the, the consequences of that action do not stay in the past. The consequences of that action continue on forever. This verb revealed is one of those verbs. 
The, 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 the grace of God has been revealed and it's still here with us. It's good news. That's good news. Yes, you can say thank you to that. For the grace of God has been revealed to us, bringing salvation to all people. And because of that, says in verse 12, we are instructed, therefore, to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. And we should live in this evil world. You get the contrast, okay? The grace of God has been revealed to us, but it has not changed everything in the world. We still live in this evil world. How are we to live in this evil world? Well, we who have that salvation are to turn from godless living. Stop living like there is no God. (laughs) Because there is a God. That God created you. That God loves you. That God has an eternal plan for your life that, that is right here, right now, but also exists forever. You, ha- you have an eternal purpose. Well, those times when you think you've... You, you, and I experience these times when I, when, when I, I, I lose my focus. I lose my sense of purpose in this world. We all go through these times. But remember, you've got to cling to Jesus because it is through Jesus that we have purpose. I've told this story many times. Pastor Vaughn can repeat this story. But my father visiting my grandmother, his father, while she was on her deathbed. She wasn't too far along from dying. And she was, she was saying, I just wish the Lord would take me away, uh, take me home. I'm useless here. I have no purpose. I can't get out of bed. My family is around, but I can't do anything with them. And my dad, being the farmer, that, the potato farmer that he was, looked at his mother and said, Come on, Mom. You're worth a whole lot more than a sack of potatoes. <laughs> that was encouraging. <laughs> Yay, Dad. But it's true. God gives us purpose and we have purpose. It doesn't matter what experience we're going through. It doesn't matter if we've lost our job. It doesn't matter if we've lost this ability or that ability. And we all know that as we go through life, we lose our ability to do things. We lose our mental capacity. It's, it's, It's part of life. But what never ceases to leave us is purpose in Christ. Because He constantly has a purpose for us. It is eternal. And we are instructed to turn from living as if there was no God. And living in sinful pleasures. Notice, I'm so glad that it describes pleasures as sinful. It is the sinful pleasures that we should avoid. But not all pleasure. Thank you, Jesus. Enjoy the non-sinful pleasures that God gave to us. And there are lots of those. (laughs) Right? List five in your mind. Eating. (laughs) That was so so powerful in Vaughn's mind that it slipped right out of his mouth. (laughs) 
Let's not list all of them. We might get too graphic because God created us to experience pleasure in this world. And not all of the pleasure that he gave to us is sinful. But there's probably a way that every pleasure that we could, that God did give us, can be used in a sinful way. And we need to be careful not to do that. But enjoy the things that God gives to us. We're feasting. That's why God says, have a festival. Eat, drink, and be merry, it says in Ecclesiastes. But don't do it sinfully. He says we should live in this evil world with wisdom, with righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward to, forward, with hope. To what? To that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, who's that? Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Did you ever have a good idea? Did you ever have what we call a light bulb moment? What's a, what's a more academic word for that kind of idea? Boom. The light goes off. You, know, you have a, more, a, a bigger word for that? I've had an epiphany. This word revealed in the Greek is the word epiphany. It's a light bulb moment. Wait! There's a flash of something, and when that light goes off, everything changes. This is what Jesus has done for us. This is what God has revealed to us, but not all of it. Enough that that it changed my life, it changed your life, it changes the world, but it's not done changing the world. Because the day will come when Christ in all of His glory, we have not seen all of Christ's glory, but there will be a day when we see all, when, when it says, wonderful day, when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin. To cleanse us and to make us His very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. You want to know what to do after Christmas? It's right here. Go live your life this way. Totally committed. Free from every kind of sin. Sin. Do you you remember that day when I stood up here with some chains around my neck? (laughs) Marlo. It was was Marlo. I I was new at Christ the Cornerstone. And... And, and I, we, we've been through this. We're, we're, a, we're a racially mixed congregation of which I am, I am extremely proud and grateful for that. And I'm so glad that we can worship and share together. And I know we don't exactly look like a black church. We don't exactly look like a white church, though that may be predominantly as people look at it. But I am so grateful to have everybody together. 
and and the and 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 we have people from Paraguay and we have people from the Middle East and we have thank you Jesus that we can gather together and 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 be representative I know we don't have every nationality represented in our church but please can you church welcome every nationality every person please can we do that? And, and I know that as, as a leader, I get things wrong a lot. And I know that as a leader, and this has been something that I've always struggled as a leader, and that's making decisions that really are just the preference of the leader. That's, that's one of the hard things that, 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 I, that I deal with as, as, as being in charge of things. That, that I've got to make decisions that I know aren't the preference of some people. And there's no way that I can be an effective leader if I'm trying to do what everybody do everybody's preference. I will fail at that. And so I've got to be courageous. And at times I just have to say, Roger, what do, what do you prefer? You've got this choice or this choice or this choice or this choice. All of them are good. And all of them produce good effects. But we simply can't do all of them. We have to do something. And let's do it well. And let's be committed about doing it. So we're going to do it this way. And I am grateful for, for you who, who, who accept that and you accept my leadership and you say, okay, that's not my preference, but I'm not going to run away to another church. I'm going to stay here. And, and, and we're, going to, we're going to worship God. We're going to read Scripture and listen to what God is saying to us. These are the core. These are the foundational things. And, 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 and sin, so I stood here a while ago, and, you know, this is dangerous. I'm like thinking, hey, I've only got one service today. We can go on forever. <laughs> yeah, thanks for laughing. <laughs> he frees us from every kind of sin. And He frees us to do and to be who God wants us to be. We can celebrate the different styles of worship. We can do these different things. We can. And we're not bound. And so uh, a couple of years ago, I stood here with it and I wanted to illustrate this idea that God frees us from sin. So I had these great big towing chains, kind of chains that we had on the farm. And they're still in a box someplace on the campus because makes a good sermon illustration, but I didn't think about it till just now. And, and I put them around my neck. And I wanted somebody else to experience the, the, the heaviness of those chains. And this is the heaviness of sin. And so I walked down this aisle to, to, to Marlo in one of our services. And Marlo's this big black man. And I took those chains and I put those chains around this black man's neck. And then I realized, oh, what have I done? And Marlo's a big black man. And he knew what I was doing. And he knew the point that I was making. And I thank Marlo. Maybe you're listening. You live in North Carolina now. But thank you, Marlo and Julie Hicks. And, and I thank Marlo for being gracious as this white boy put chains around the neck of this black man 
in a nation where I just wasn't thinking what that insinuates to him. And I felt sorry that I had put him in that position. But then as I watched what Marlowe did with that, and, and what I had done with those chains is, is I, I hung them around my neck and I swung them up one side around my shoulder so that it was literally fully around my neck. But Marlowe refused to let me put it all the way around his neck. Good for him. But he didn't say no He just held on to it like this. And his body language said to me, Pastor, I'll let you put it around my neck this far, but it ain't going any further. (laughs) And I I continued my illustration, realizing the faux pas that I had made, and I apologized to him afterward. And I continued with the illustration with gratitude that he allowed me to do it And he didn't run away. He stayed there. And he hugged me. Even when I said, I'm sorry, he still hugged me. (laughs) and said, I understand, Pastor, what you were doing. That's because Marlowe could do that because he was freed from the bondage of sin. He is freed from the bondage of the sin of slavery that happened many years earlier. And he he was unwilling to let it be a bond to him. The past was not a bondage to Him in the present. And we've got to get to that point in our country where we we all celebrate that Jesus has destroyed the bondage of all sin for all time. Let's live in the peace and the joy of one another in Christ that we give. Yeah? He gave His life to free all of us from every kind of sin. He gave His life to cleanse us, to forgive me for when I do those stupid kinds of things that are insensitive. And and when I say... And I remember sermons a year ago, a couple of years ago, when our nation was going through this. I remember asking all of us to take a deep look in our lives to consider the ways that all of us do insensitive things that offend people racially. I insinuated that every one of us is a racist. And I took heat for that. But it is important for me to say that we do need to consider the ways that we inadvertently participate in the sin of racism. And I don't back off on that statement. Even though I know that I offended people by just saying, please, let's all look at the ways that we live our lives. And determine, just like, just like in Scripture it says, each of you, when giving money, each of you should decide for yourself how much to give. Each of us needs to decide, is what I said racially offensive? And I can say, I'm not racist, I'm not racist. But then again, I find myself doing things that offend people racially. You take that for what it is. Jesus gave His life to free us from every kind of sin. 
He gave His life to make me pure. And He forgives all my sin. He forgives all your sin. And He transforms me to be the man that He wants me to be. To be His very own people so that Jesus can look at me and say, this Roger, he's one of mine. I know he makes mistakes, but he's one of mine. And he transforms me so that I have not only the desire and the will, but also the power to do every kind of good deed. If I choose to take up that power that he gives to me. And I still have the choice to do good or to do wrong. This is what Paul teaches us. These three things. This is what Jesus wins for us. This is the freedom that we receive. We are free. We are free, which is not a binder to prevent us from doing things. It is a freedom for something. And He gives us parameters. I call it self-control. A sound mind, rational thinking, according to a good sense. This is the effect of Jesus, what He does in our lives. Right conduct, upright living. The ability to follow through on what we're supposed to do and to avoid what we're not supposed to do. And godly living. Living, knowing constantly that there is a God. Romans 12.1 reveals, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that He will accept. And when you think of what He has done for you, is this too much to ask? Let's go back to Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. That last phrase kind of surprises me, right? To be honest, I reached back to a sermon that I preached in 2004 <laughs> for this message to see what did I, when I preached on this passage last time, what did I do? And I, I, I've preached on it several times, and uh, just to give me a little help, you know, because yesterday was Christmas and today, <laughs> here we are again. 12 1. Romans. Come on. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He has done for you. Let them be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is still verse 1. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done to us. I know we'll probably do this again, but this is a good season as we're in this transition from one year to the next to renew our covenant with God, to say, Lord, I'm here to worship you. That's the song that we just sang. So let's do that. Let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you. Jesus, come work in our lives in these transition times. Thank you, Jesus, for splashing down more than 2,000 years ago. You set off a, an epiphany <laughs> that is continuing. You set off a flash that is still changing things. It's, it's like a wave going around the world. And, and because every new generation has to come to learn about you and recognize that our own sinfulness and recognize that you came in order to transform humanity, that wave of change continues to repeat around the world in every generation in time and space. You're transforming us. There have been times when it seems like we realize that, okay, we're, we're getting this. There are times, God, when we look back and say how horribly we have missed the goal that you have for us. We are truly sorry, God, for the things that we have failed to do that you wanted us to do, the things that you told us to do that we refused to do the good intentions that we might have had that just turned out wrong. Help us look at each other, God, as you see us. Help us to confess our own sinfulness and send your Holy Spirit upon us. Continue to shine your light on our lives. Bring healing, God, to us. Lord, maybe there's some here today that just need to come and ask for healing. Lord, we know that there are many who are suffering. Physical healing, emotional healing, healing of relationships and families. Families gathered yesterday. We pray, God, that if there are any hurt feelings today, that you would help bring reconciliation. Jesus, you're wonderful, and we thank you. We continue to worship you, God, as we continue to pray and sing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and let's continue to sing. If you want to come and kneel here to pray or pray with somebody at a prayer station, you're welcome to do so. Oh, His love. 
Thank you for coming today. Continue to follow the light of Christ who has been revealed while we wait hopefully for his full and complete revelation and restoration of all he had made. What a beautiful and glorious thing that is. You're blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go forth from here with his peace and his power in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming. Have a great day.